comes. Here. And watch out! He's got Wow. Point, because there's a 6% slope, 50 feet. So right now it will gather speed. Good weight. A two footer. Oh my goodness. All the way. Can you believe that? Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Episode 15 of the Walk It In podcast. The come down hangover from the Masters is here. And we're going to try to get through this week with the RBC Heritage Open without the Masters app, which is single-handedly the most difficult thing I think any golf fan is going to have to go through this season. Masters app was awesome. The best experience that exists to enjoy golf. Easy, like hands down. My only complaint about the Masters app was- How could you was, complain? Well, hear me out. So when, I, when you click on track and it shows you, you know, obviously exact shot that the player right. just hit, it's not as streamlined getting back to the leaderboard. Like you close out of the, the track feature- then mm-hmm. you have to like hit leaderboard or then you have to like close out and like go back to leaderboard. It's like not, I think it's like one too many buttons. Like they okay. should, they could clean that up a little bit, but it was awesome. Being able to track literally every shot of every player was awesome. The company I work for is like in the user research space. Maybe we'll reach out to the masters and we'll offer to do some research for them on the, the app experience in trade for tickets for next year. Do you want to go with me? You, you well- <laughs> Isn't isn't the reason you can't use detailed greens books at Augusta because they don't even let people come in with drones and cameras and stuff? And, oh, maybe it is. And pick apart the green. So I don't think they're going to enter into an agreement with you guys, but <laughs> we'll see. Well, we could we we could work out the details, but yeah. either way, uh, I think this year, one thing I noticed was when you would watch the shot. If you wanted to click into like, I was following ROM all week because I was big on ROM. If you clicked into ROM and you wanted to see an individual shot, it would have the track view up to the right-hand side. I remember last year, the track view would fire right at the start of the shot. So you knew the outcome before the shot finished. This year, there was like a three-second delay. So you could watch the shot without having to see where it ended up, which with a guy like Rom, there's there's multiple guys in the tour. Rom is one of them. You know exactly how well he hit it based on his immediate reaction. The other guy off the tee is Jordan Spieth. He gets that little lean club twirl holster after every drive that he loves. I was gonna say the um, there was one discrepancy between the app and the live broadcast on I think it was Saturday when. Um, so Spieth, obviously, on Thursday, hit an awful mm-hmm. shot out of the woods. But on Saturday, I think it was, or maybe it was Sunday, hit an incredible shot out of the woods to like four feet. And uh, the app showed it minutes before CBS ever did. So I was like, what the hell happened to Spieth? Like, why aren't we <laughs> seeing this on TV? Especially with your bets on Spieth. You needed and, every shot. Right. Visible. And my brother texted me and he's like, Oh my God, Spieth. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, what's going on? And it context, turned out, please, context. It, it turned out he's watching the featured coverage channel on oh, ESPN God. Plus, yeah, yeah. which I guess was a little bit ahead of the CBS full broadcast, uh-huh. but that was the only discrepancy. The, the app is awesome. 
but let's get into how awesome the actual tournament was. Yeah. I mean, right. There, there was plenty to like from the technology side and we get this like remarkable experience once a year. I know Tron on Twitter was basically saying like the sad day that you have to delete the masters app and then download the PGA tour app again. And uh, <laughs> here we go for the RBC heritage and no week is the discrepancy greater than masters week to, to the following tournament. Um, but yeah, man, like awesome, awesome tournament. Uh, Matsuyama obviously gets the victory, um, plays back into the field on Sunday. Like I think many people expected he would, there was plenty of drama. I still think the lasting image for most golf fans it's made its way through social media and it was a big part of Sunday was Matsuyama's uh, caddy bowing to the course after he took the flag off the pin and put it back in. That was how sick was that? That was like a, that's not just golf level. Cool. That's sports. Cool. Like that is that that's, that's really high class stuff. Yeah. It was like, I mean, it was uh, iconic. It was, it was the number of like pictures and watercolor pictures that have come from it. Like that will live on forever especially because in japanese culture like matsuyama is now he was already you know royalty right in in terms of japanese athletes they were saying on the broadcast like he's probably going to light the olympic torch this summer like it's a huge deal for unless for, shohei otani wins the mvp <laughs> oh yeah that too <laughs> well, well, uh, but I that mean, won't be voted on before the olympics so right <laughs> so i mean you're right matsuyama's accomplishments for the country are just humongous um it was it was awesome to see he made it interesting towards the end i think he went four over on uh on the back was it four over or three over on the back he was i'm pulling it up right now because i gotta see this he was on the back one two three three over three over on the back he missed that bunny at the end which was inconsequential but yeah it didn't matter um you know he like you said came back a little bit to the field we, we're going to talk about Xander Shoffley. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about Will Zalatoris and Jordan Spieth. But um, at, at the end of the day, Matsuyama's lead just could not be blown. No. Well, let's talk about one other important thing related to player performance this week that had a, a special spot on our podcast last week. Third annual bourbon bet was placed. DJ Bryson. Mark very quickly jumps on DJ. I happily take Bryson and I cash my third straight bourbon bet victory because DJ, DJ faded. We talked about this After yesterday. Thursday because it, because right. my bet looked, my so side good. of that looked good. So good. On Thursday, Bryson I was, was like, okay, DJ's, DJ's back. Bryson stinks. <laughs> and it turns out Bryson still stinks. He stinks uh, at Augusta for sure. But he made the cut. DJ didn't. I owe you some more bourbon. So Bryson goes out. To you. Bryson goes out and shoots four over. And then he shoots four over on Thursday. And then he shoots five under on Friday. And DJ just like, like DJ needed to birdie on 18, I believe on Friday. And he ended up bogeying. Like he just, he just, which is didn't. not an easy hole to birdie anyway. No, but when you need no. it, it's even harder. And he hit his tee shot into the water. Like, he it just he looked bad, man. He bogeyed three of his last four holes, including the par five 15th to miss the yeah. cut. Just not not good. Just not not good. And he's no. playing again this week. Like, would you buy would you buy DJ this week and just like chalk the miss cup up miss cut up to not really a big deal? No, I I'm considering betting him to miss the cut again. I can't imagine he really 
like like I know this is a home. I mean, he's from South Carolina. Yeah. So he was born in Columbia and and went to Coastal, which is in Myrtle Beach. Um, this tournament coming up is in is in Hilton Head, but he's still a South Carolina boy. I just I don't love the course fit for him. I don't no. love the uh, motivation spot, I guess, for him. You know, coming off the missed cut and then having to come back and put the jacket on Matsuyama and you know he probably stay, stayed all stay week, around right? and play a tournament. He exactly. probably doesn't care too much about. Right, right. Um, and he, I just don't think it's a course for him either. It's like a shorter, narrow course. So I don't know. I just I'm not loving DJ this week, um, which we'll talk about. But um, there there are a lot much a lot more valuable players on the board for sure. Yeah. What do you think of Spieth's week? generally like was it a well, success i or knew was the only level of success a victory for him no i still think it's a success like okay. he's he has not fallen off at all like no, he's he has not it's hard to go out and win back-to-back weeks obviously and it's hard to live up to these suddenly new expectations that the entire it's, golf world entirely. has for him but right. like he finished t3 my week started off so poorly and I knew it was so going sorry. to spiral because on Thursday I had his top five after round one bet, which paid five to one. And he triples nine makes a complete disaster at a number nine, three birdie putts. I think were one roll short, mm-hmm. just slides the birdie try on 18. He missed by, one by a dimple. He missed one birdie putt by a dimple. He should have been. At worst, solo second place on Thursday. Mm-hmm. At worst. And yep. so I missed out on five units there. And I just knew my week was not, uh, you know, I, I knew the only way I was going to make up any ground was if Spieth came back and won the tournament. And mm-hmm. he gave it his all. He shot two under on Sunday. But, um, you know, just uh, ultimately wasn't enough. It is, going back to waste management, it is his sixth top ten. In outside sixth and eight events, and he's got a T15 at the Genesis and a T48 at the players, which I don't really like TPC Sawgrass for, for Jordan. Like, I don't think that course is a great fit, but six top tens. I mean, I know I was sort of tongue in cheek. Like, it was a really great week. It, it wasn't like yeah. I went into this and said Jordan needs to win, but God, it really felt like it was going to set up well for him to win. And he played well enough to win. He just didn't putt well enough to win. And he on the leaderboard until. Rom made his charge. Like you would, you could argue Spieth was probably the uh, most world class golfer of the, the leaderboard. I mean, Shoffley was up there, obviously, but Shoffley's not known as a closer. Let's talk about that. How about okay. 16th? Let's just talk about Shoffley with, but let me just set the stage for the listeners. As many of you watch this, but Shoffley starts charging on Sunday right? He goes four straight birdies from 12 through 15. And on 15, he misses an eagle um, uh, sand shot by uh, two inches, maybe, yeah, maybe less. While Matsuyama's in the water. Exactly. And you're like, like okay, what, what is the in the water? Yeah. You're like, dude, he's got this. He's got this. He then walks up to the 16th tee. I believe Dottie Pepper said he had an eight iron in his hand, trying to play to the back ridge to funnel it down. He blocks it into and everybody, the water. first of all, before you even talk about where his shot went, like everyone from golfers to golf fans who watch the masters know what that green does and where that pin location is, like where you need to, to put the ball. Like 
You just have to put it out in the middle of the green. It's going to roll it, down it, to the it left. It all funnels. Yes, it all funnels. Unbelievable. He didn't even come close to the green. No. No. It was just such a brutal choke of a shot. And it just perfectly symbolizes his inability to close tournaments, big tournaments when it matters. Like he is, we've joked about it before, like him and Finau and all the mm-hmm. other losers. But like, <laughs> I mean, he's he's right up there, right? I mean, I mean, yeah. The, 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 here's a fun, here's a fun look at Shoffley and Majors because I think this is really interesting. So if you go back, let's see. Um, he was, oh, what did he finish? He finished T he finished third finished T3, T3 with, with speed. speed yeah. Okay. Before that fifth at the U S open in 2021 T17 at the masters in 2020. So they say 2021, but it, it was the 2020 masters in the fall T10 at the PGA championship in 2020 T3 in the U S open this man, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven with this tournament, seven of his last Holy Moses, seven of his last 10, if I'm counting this up quickly, are T10 or better so he, in majors. So he's, so he's Finau. He is Finau. What, there is no difference between these right? two guys. Finau's nickname is what? Top five Tony? Top, top ten five Tony? Whatever, yeah. whatever people want to call him. Yep. But he's a loser. But it's called Xander top seven Xander. There we right. go. Exactly. Top, top seven Shoffley. There we go. He just, we talked about it. We talked about it all weekend in our group chats. He lacks the fire. And the intensity I think it takes to be great. Yep. Unfortunately, yep. because I love him. He's just yeah, and I have like, no ill will towards see, Xander. It's just what like, is it? Matsuyama's not a fiery guy, but like it's just different. It's a right, it's a different feeling. Like I just don't think Xander has it. Mm-mm. I don't think so either. I really don't. It's it's tough to see a guy. I mean, he's played well in 2020 in the tour championship. He played well in 2019. He, he plays well all the time. He plays he's well won, every single year. He's every won, tournament. He's won WGCs, which is world-class fields. He can't get it done at majors. It does not make sense. I mean, it does make sense. There's well, enough sample even, size but now. Like, he can't even close in like Hawaii at the century. Correct. Like, you know, he's just not a closer. Mm-mm. And he's got more wins than Finau, obviously, but like he's just, he doesn't have the fire. He doesn't have the intensity. He doesn't, I don't know. He doesn't four, have it. Four career wins for Xander in, in his career. I mean, it's not, and, and again, he's 27 years old, like a young dude. Finau's 31 has one career win. We all know Puerto Rico. Like all these guys are getting older, you know? Right. Right. And then you've got a guy like Will Zalatoris who busts on the scene and basically shows anybody that it does not matter where he plays, he will perform. Right. Like that man is a machine. He's happy Gilmore's caddy, but he's also a machine. <laughs> the memes were borderline Dude, overdone over the weekend, but, but it was he, funny. And the best part is he leaned into it so oh, yeah. perfectly. It was oh, like yeah. one of our buddies said, like, he's a star in the making and he's a star in the making because he's an excellent golfer who maybe weighs 130 pounds soaking wet. And he's also seems to have this really great character where I feel like he'll be a a really strong uh, star in the space. We just need to get him wearing clothes that fit. His shirts were like three sizes too big this weekend. And I was like, I don't know what's going on here, buddy. And who let's, dresses let's, you? Let's sync him up with Adam Scott. He and Adam right. Scott can have a little powwow about golf right. attire. I'm sure he gets paid what he gets, what, what, what he gets paid to wear, whatever. But like, at least go down a size or two. He just, 
for how small he is, it looks like he's swimming in all those clothes and it just, it looks off. Yes. In, you know, in, in every aspect. Yes. Yes. I wanted to also pull something up because you mentioned John Rahm in the broadcast said something about this and I wanted to go back and look at it. Obviously I had John Rahm exposure this week. He paid out for me on, on, uh, on the bets outside of the win bet. Um, you know, I, I had a lot of, of blood elsewhere on the card, but Okay, so they they were right. The last over par round for John Rahm was round one of the Masters in 2018. He has now gone 15 consecutive rounds at even or better at the Masters, That's which is I mean, it's pretty good. And he went he went even 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 minus six, I think, right this week. He did. Yes, that's correct. Yes. Um, Pretty good. Pedestrian Thursday through Saturday, but enough to like stay alive at least. Yeah. The PGA tour website needs to update their stuff. Cause they've, they've had two 2021 masters on their website because mm. the masters playing in the 2021 season, but they have them flip-flopped. So right. like the most recent one they have is the one from the fall. It just go figure PGA website, not being, not being, uh, not being clean, but, um, I, I agree with you. Rom's charge with Spieth, Shoffley's fall, Matsuyama's win. Real quick, your thoughts on Justin Rose after his Thursday round and then his weekend? Expected par for the course, kind of kind what you of, figured. Uh, he was a he was like a hundred to one. Yeah, you know he he hasn't been playing great. He's been a little hurt with a couple withdraws. Um, so like obviously he was under the radar. People weren't expecting much from him, but he's a former world number one. Yep. Um, he knows what he's doing. He just reconnected with uh, Sean Foley. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know, maybe he's back. But we did, I mean, it didn't surprise me that he fell a little bit on the weekend. Um, had a, a real nice birdie save on his 72nd hole yeah, to uh, yep. kind of end the week on a high note. Yep. I love Justin Rose. Um, I always have. I think he's full of personality for like an older guy on tour, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I think he's fun to root for, easy to root for. I would have been okay with him winning, obviously. Yeah, I wouldn't um, have hated it. But, uh, you know, it wasn't to be. And uh, some of the bigger names that we're monitoring, like Spieth and Shoffley and Zalatoris, um, you know, made for a little bit more drama. I've got one more name for you that I think's worth just throwing out there again because we talked a little bit about him. And I took odds that I thought were too long for Rory. When I took him at 19 to one. I was like, this is, I, and yeah, thank you for the sound effects. We don't even have a producer. That was a okay. perfect sound effect. Thank you. He was garbage. So my question to you is, I guess it's kind of difficult because it'll depend on the course, right? But come Kiowa at the US Open, or is it the PGA? PGA. I'm sorry, it's the PGA. Thank you, the yeah. PGA. I'm sure I could look this up real quick because I bet you it's on here. But what does Rory need? Okay, yeah, it's right here, right in front of my face. What does Rory need to be at Kiowa for you to bet it? Oh, 30 to 1. He's 10 to 1 right now, so he's got a long way to go. Yeah. He's 10 to 1 on DraftKings. I mean, he won there. That was his, you know, kind of coming out party when he won. But I don't care how comfortable he is at a course like that. They, they haven't seen it in years, and this guy's game is gone. Right. Temporarily. T- uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it'll come back. But as of this moment, the PGA Championship is in six weeks. Yeah. I mean, first of all, 
I don't think his odds get to 30 to one. No, I don't even think they get to 20 to one, but they probably don't get to, they probably don't get to 15. They don't get to 15. Yeah, we'll see. But, but I, you know, I, I don't want any part of him. Um, no. I'm, I'm sorry that I lit a unit on fire last week. With Rory. <laughs> it's all right. That was unintentional. What were your thoughts on some of the younger guys like Hovland and Morikawa? Uh, both finished within a stroke of each other. Morikawa, I think, ended uh, one under and Hovland was even. Yeah. Um, big thoughts with Hovland is just, figure out a way future tournaments to avoid the big numbers. He had a double bogey uh, in round four. He had the opening triple bogey in round one. Yeah. Yup. And I actually, as I look back on his scorecard, like he, I mean, he, I guess he had a double, he went bogey double in round two, and then he had a solid share of bogeys, but I think that's kind of him, right? Like, He's a little bit of his of, of Jordan in that he's going to put up a big number, but he can go on a string of birdies because his irons are so good and his yeah. driver is elite. And I didn't see too much Morikawa this week. Like I feel like even when yeah. he was in featured groups, they didn't show a ton of him. No, nope. uh, he was just kind of just kind of moseying along this week. Yeah, I mean his round three, he shot three over. I mean, that was kind of like the, okay, he's, he's out of this, right? Like he was two under going into the weekend and you thought, okay, maybe, maybe he can do something. But then I don't remember Saturday's round being difficult scoring. In fact, I kind of remember Saturday's round being one where guys were, were getting after the course a little bit. Um, well, they got after the course after the weather delay. That's so what every, was. everyone good except point. for JT who struggled after the weather uh, delay. Yeah. But good call. Good call. It was, it was kind of blustery and tough and then softened up after all the rain. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Good call. Good call. Well, yeah. I mean, I think for both of them, like I actually really like Morikawa this week, like really like Morikawa this week, which um, uh, we'll, we'll talk about in a little bit, but uh, I think his game still travels. Wasn't a good week, but nothing that he should be concerned about. And same for Hovland. Like Hovland's only had one experience at Augusta. I think he'll, this is, you know, <laughs> I'm not going on on a limb here. I'm I'm staying pretty close to the the tree trunk, but he's gonna get a, a Masters in his in his day. Unless you have other stuff to talk about with the Masters, I have one last question for you, and that's about the condition of the greens at Augusta this week. So you saw a lot of brown spots, mm-hmm. a lot of fast greens. What are your thoughts in general of how the greens looked, um, how they rolled, and mm-hmm. you know generally when you're playing. From your experience, like, do you like faster greens? Do you like slower greens? Faster greens, way more fun. It's 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 no fun to have to smash a twenty foot putt, right? And I leave I leave most of my putts short, so I prefer faster greens too. Yeah, faster greens are are much more fun. Um, in terms of this week, didn't really have too strong a thought. I enjoyed Thursday with the fast greens, and I enjoyed watching balls hit a couple yards offline and roll into those collection areas that guy just like they put a good strike on the ball it just didn't land in the right spot i know that the augusta is pristine and beautiful the brown spots on the green don't take that away from me i don't think that's like egregious i i still think that there's so much majestic beauty to augusta everywhere else that it's 
I'm not sitting there like they lost the course. God, they just like totally brown this thing out. I told Dana on the weekend, it was Saturday or Sunday, I forget, that it looks like it hadn't even been played on. And it was like late on Sunday, like, you know, the leaders were teeing off and like Mm -hmm. the whole, like the tee box and the fairway on one, like when they show that wide shot of like the gallery watching players tee off on one, it literally looked like the course hadn't been played in months. Yeah. And like, that's how pristine it was. So, you know, maybe the greens, you're right. Weren't like as aesthetically pleasing, but overall I, I didn't mind it at all. Yep. I thought it was everything you hope for fun tournament, cool storylines. There was a ton we talked about in the podcast last week. Some of them came to fruition. It was, and I, I think always will be it. It's two things. It is the, it's the thing in spring that I look forward to the most living in the Midwest. It's like, Oh, Spring is here. Some warm weather's around the corner. About to get mm-hmm. on the golf course myself more often. The Masters is just an, an awesome weekend from start to finish. And then when the Masters is done, not only are you moving away from the Masters app and to the RBC Heritage, which, you know, no ill will towards the RBC Heritage Tournament at Harbortown, but you're entering like this dead zone for sports. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, okay, I got MLB. I've got you know, the NBA kind of winding down. NBA and NHL playoffs will start sooner rather than later, but they're coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah. We need to get to that point. And then it's like the doldrums of summer. And I'm not a baseball guy. So uh, you can probably catch my drift on that, but no other master's thoughts, anything you need to get in before we jump to Harbor town. Just that I'm really disappointed in Adam Scott made a cut like as predicted, but then finished, I think, 20 shots behind Matsuyama this week. He just kind of mailed it in after the week, made the cut on the number, mailed it in. Just going to say, there's guys that make the cut on the number, and then you see them go bananas over the weekend. Adam Scott went the exact opposite direction. He put up a 79 on Saturday. Just mailed it in. It was ugly. I was like, I can't believe I bet on this performance. It was brutal. The only redeeming um, Fleetwood I had top 20, nowhere near it and he had the hole in one um which shout out to big randy because i think randy had two or more birdies um this weekend at the masters ones, since, yeah. since or hole in ones i'm sorry yeah birdies geez there were um, two or more birdies this yeah weekend. that that did happen yes um but that was cool fleetwood and then you had Corey connors put one in no hole in ones on 16 on sunday though no not on sunday no Nope. But anyways, fun tournament as it always is. And we are turning the page to the RBC heritage. We're not going far, just over to South Carolina. Like Mark said, go Gamecocks. A course I've played. People forget. Uh, oh my God. A second course you've played. Harbor Town Golf Links. Guys I love Kapalua Plantation. Now he's played Harbor Town. I love this place. You're putting I your played it back. In, I played it back in the day when I was in college and like just learning how to play still. Um, so I like made a mess of it. I'd like to go back one day now that I kind of know how to play. Yeah. The rumor on our, on our, uh, the, the boys that, uh, we all golf with, we got a big group and we were off to Pinehurst this year for our trip. The rumor is you've never been in better form. That's a fact that can confirm. I, you can confirm. I yeah. think you should make your way over to Harbor town after we do, uh, <laughs> after we do Pinehurst just to, to redeem yourself. I know. I, I really should. You want to come with, I would love to. I would absolutely love to. I work remote nowadays, so this feels doable. Uh, I am playing pretty well now, uh, just as an aside. Yeah, I still have a lot of work to be done. Who doesn't? Uh, That's the beauty of golf. Yeah, that's true. It's frustrating even when you're playing well. 
Yes. But um, yeah, I, uh, I love this course. It's one of the shorter courses on tour. It's, I think it's like 7,000 yards. It's 71. Yep. Really, really narrow. There are trees and houses all over this course. It's a pretty expansive, right? Like the, the holes themselves are kind of in their own space. Yeah. Because looking at it from a satellite image, like it's spread out. So, yeah. I mean, there, you, you would, you'd be surprised to see how many houses just like line mm-hmm. the, the rough, basically in the tree line of these uh, holes. It's kind of crazy. Like mm-hmm. if you're missing the fairway at Harbor town, good luck because your lie could be anything from just standard rough to tree lines to water with alligators. Like you never know, like it's just crazy um, if you're not in the fairway. So mm-hmm. I, for one, will be looking at, accuracy off the tee yep um for starters and then uh, uh putting i'm not going to put too much of a premium premium on this week just because from everything i've read they don't roll specifically difficult mm-hmm. um it's not as undulating or anything like that so um give me guys who above all are accurate off the tee and then you know if you can get on the green and make some one putts for birdie then you should be up there i mean we had multiple people you know over 20 under par last year mm-hmm. uh, you know led by webb simpson obviously yeah webb webb loves this course loves this course and to the point you made short course 71 par so one short or one less par five than typical um i think the other thing that stood out to me is that the years that there's no wind yeah it's a it's a birdie fest the year that there's wind you you know you're going to see masters level scoring out there doesn't look like the wind's going to be terrible maybe saturday they could see some winds whip up but i think the thing that i picked out i was looking at guys who have done really well here uh rory sabatini six of his last eight he's made the cuts all six t23 or better russell knox uh, Kucher, who's done really well here. Webb Simpson, obviously Luke Donald, Kevin, Na, Ian Poulter of the guys that I found who have had a lot of success here. They've had two things in common. They've had really low ball flights outside the top 120 in, in total apex, which is a weird stat. We don't really throw that around here, but it feels like that is typically based on other numbers. I pulled correlated to more accurate drivers because you're not letting the ball float up there. It's getting down faster. It's running through the fairway. So this week, I'm going to take the same page out of your book. I'm going to take accurate drivers, but I'm also going to take guys who have a low ball flight. The wind doesn't seem to be a huge problem here. But like you said, if you're off the fairway, you don't know what you're going to find. And with the birdie fest that it could be, I just want guys who are going to be driver wedge, driver wedge, driver wedge into these greens and give themselves scoring opportunities. Yeah. Should we... uh... Should we lead it off here? I think I'm away, obviously. Again. Yeah, when was the last time that I was away, Mark? Brutal. It's, this is brutal, Jeff. Now, we don't tout ourselves as professionals. You don't. But we have fun with this. I am in a rough go of it. I'm convinced that it would have been to the moon if Spieth's top five first round bet hit. But Everything would have hit after that. Yeah, right. I would have so, gone perfect. I think it's interesting to think about your rough stretch of betting on golf has correlated with the timing where you really ascended in your own game. That's true. Would you trade, would you flip those things? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that's a good question. So we've often talked about how much we would pay to be like a scratch yes. golfer. Yes. So 
essentially I'm just paying for, for lessons. <laughs> I'm paying, I'm paying to be a good golfer now. We, I was out golfing this weekend and we were talking about how boring it is when you play with somebody who's like a scratch golfer and they just go fairway wedge, two putt, fairway wedge, I, two putt. I mix in plenty of bogeys, doubles, of you know, of that's, that's the roller coaster. That's right. what's fun. Right. But so I would obviously not like to, to lose my bets, but if I had to pick one or the other, I'd rather play well than bet. Well, I think that's fair. The, the betting is, is entertainment and golf is entertainment too. But when you compress a golf ball, man, there's no better feeling, right? Absolutely no better feeling. And you know what? One, one quick stat or one quick thing I wanted to call up, but I forgot about the masters Sergio Garcia fading on Friday to miss the cut, I think was like my ticket to this, this weekend, just going to be bad. Hovland misses the top 20 by one placement. Sergio fades to miss the cut. I just wish Sergio could have put a mulligan back in the bag. I'm like 17 or 18 and just made the yeah. par putt. Just make the par putt. Everybody <laughs> goes home played, happy. He played really well without the putter. Yeah. Which is his calling card. But anyways, right. I just, I just wish mulligan back in the bag. Cause he bogeyed two of his last four and also opened up four over to start the tournament. So anyways, we are on to, to, to heritage. Let's talk about winning bets this week, Mark winning bets. All right. Um, my first one is going to be a, a good one. A two-unit play. My guy, Corey Connors, fresh off a hole-in-one at the Masters, uh, fresh off another great performance, uh, T8 at Augusta. Uh, his last four starts, excluding the match play event, which was a different ball game, third, seventh, T14, and T8. He was T21 here last year, obviously comfortable with the course, and in his last 16 rounds, he ranks seventh in this field, T to green, sixth in approach. And then it helps that he is 22nd in putting, even mm -hmm. though I'm not putting a premium on the putting this week. Uh, so uh, Corey Connors, I'm very high on, probably uh, my favorite golfer in the field this week in terms of betting. Top 20 plus 138 is going to be a two-unit play. Love that. He fits the accurate low, low ball flight mold, seventh in accuracy this year, 137th in, in apex. And you want to be lower in apex here. We're looking for guys who, who, uh, who don't hit it as, as high off the tee. So I like that Corey's on my list of guys I was eyeing. Um, I, I, I like that play. Right. I'm going to take the mic here and I'm going to go with a little bit of a contrarian play to what I just outlined. I can't not have this guy on my card um, because he doesn't necessarily fit my super accurate low ball flight guy. He's almost smack dab average in both. Um, but I'm taking Cam Smith top 10 plus 275. Um, I told Mark yesterday another week, another uh, Cam Smith bet. I Jeff. know you know who's not on my card this week, Max Homa, not in the field, so he couldn't be, but whatever, <laughs> whatever, neither here nor there. Cam to me is again not the accurate driver but everything else in this guy's bag is working for him the putter the around the green game his approach off the tee even if he's not been accurate he's still gaining strokes uh, he's 14th in this field based on the data golf data in the last 16 rounds and i just think cam smith is playing really confident t10 last week um this just feels like a course um i think it was written up on, on one of the articles i read like it's a matter of time and, um, and I'm hoping it's this time. I, I would love to have Cameron Smith in one and done pools this week. If I could, I've already burned him, but I think he's going to play really well. All right. 
Well, good luck to you. Cameron, Cameron Smith train. March Full on. steam ahead, baby. Yeah. Full steam ahead. Choo-choo, uh, Cameron Smith. <laughs> my next uh, top 20, also for two units, is going to be uh, on Paul Casey. Paul Casey is still in really good form. He um, ranks in the, let me see here, seventh in this week's field in GIR percentage, 22nd in driving accuracy. The guy, very respectable showing at the Masters. He finished uh, one over, uh, which, you know, he, he had a finish strong on Sunday. Um, so he wasn't in contention, but also played fine. Um, I think he's going to keep it rolling first in this week's field first in strokes gained T to green third Love that. in strokes gained approach 17th in putting guys doing it all right now and uh, a top 20 you're still getting plus money on it so it's going to be uh, two units on Paul Casey plus 125. Love it. I like that you're playing with like shorter odds you're sticking with the stuff i'm trying to be yeah i'm trying to take less risky things this Mm -hmm. week and these are two the the two that i just gave out with connors and casey top 20s god i hope they're locks but i (laughs) I just feel so good about them that like if we can get you know start with five or six units in the green there with those two plays that'd be real nice yep you're right. Let's and here I am taking top tens on Cam Smith, but the train rolls on, baby. <laughs> the train rolls on. So we're we're gonna leave. Well, we're gonna leave Cameron Smith Station, and when we're pulling in to Ian Poulter Station for stop number two this week, loves this course, loves it, right? And I wouldn't find Ian Poulter on the majority of my cards, but as Mark just said, this is a place he's played really, really well. If I go back to to Poulter's performance here, he's been T fourteen or better in his last four appearances uh, in a similar, I guess to Cameron Smith, like I was talking about accuracy and in, in, in apex um, in terms of ball flight, Poulter's stats aren't good, right? He was T26 last week. It's a pretty good showing, but the rest of the numbers from putting around the green approach off the tee, nothing jumps off the page. Um, he's one of those guys who is an accurate driver and who does have the low uh, ball flight. So for those purposes, I'm going to take him, even though other numbers would say maybe stay away. We always talk about approach. His approach numbers haven't been great, but four straight top 14s are better. I'll take a top 20 at plus 225, um, and I'll book that for for two units. We're going to go two unis on this one. I like that. Uh, I've got some more inside the leather picks that you'll see on our Substack, our social channels, nolayingup.com. My double breaker picks, I feel really good about these picks, Jeff, too. Love it. My first one is another top 20, but longer odds. Matthew Neesmith, South Carolina boy, mm-hmm. go Gamecocks. He's 4-1 to one to finish in the top 20. Now, Matthew Neesmith grew up in South Carolina, lives in South Carolina, has plenty of experience at this course. Um, I believe it was 10 years ago he won the junior heritage that was there. Um, so, he, I mean, he's been playing there forever, knows the course uh, plenty. Mm-hmm. He's an awful putter. Like I said, I'm not putting premium on putting. So if he can just be the as average. accurate as he has been 
yeah. off the tee and and hitting greens and i think he'll just i think he'll be fine in his last 16 rounds he's 20th in the field in strokes against tee green and he's 26th in approach he finished t33 uh last year which is respectable let's bump that up a few strokes and get in the top 20 uh for four to one let's go neesmith bring it home bring it home for the state of south south carolina um for my double breaker pick and as mark said a couple other inside the leathers a couple other double breakers but the one i'm going to highlight for this uh segment is doug gim i'm gonna take a top 20 on on dougie gim at four to one for a unit Doug Gim for me checks pretty much every box I'm looking for this week. Fairly accurate driver, fairly low ball flight, solid in all the categories that I put weight behind around the green this week with the smaller greens than, than typical on the PGA tour, like about half the size on average, uh, his approach game is strong off a tee game is strong. He also played well at an interesting crossover course, which is TPC sawgrass. This is a, a Pete die design here at Harbor town with Jack Nicholas, uh, kind of co-designing it with him. And we've seen Doug Gim. He played well there. He had that blow up. I think I'm like the third or fourth hole when he was playing with JT played himself out of it. But I think for a top 20, he's in the mix this week. He's live. The final stop on the train station or for the train this week, Dougie Gim, top 20 plus 400. I like it. I'm going to go give out a couple win bets. First is going to be a guy I already touched on, Corey Connors. I love him this week. I mentioned it. He's 26 to 1 on DraftKings. So I'll put a half a unit on that because he is my favorite pick uh, to win this. And my second favorite pick is going to be Brian Harmon, the lefty lefty. Yep. Yep. He's 30 to one. So just behind Connors, uh, but he's quietly making noise this year. He's made 15 out of 16 cuts this season, playing really well lately. T three at the players T five at match play. And then a uh, very nice T 12 at the masters, albeit a lackluster Saturday and Sunday where he shot 74s uh, both days. But Harmon's playing really well. Um, he's 44th on tour in driving accuracy, so that'll get it done most times. And in his last 16 rounds, 33rd in strokes gained tee to green, 24th in putting. He's got very solid numbers across the board. Um, I've got a couple of plays on Harmon this week, and 30 to 1 is definitely a price I like couple other people that jumped out to me. There's one who I'm not even going to mention. Um, and I feel like every week I put my one and done pick and the double breaker to win and they just flame out. I'm not even putting this guy on my card this week. I'm not even going to touch him because I really feel like he's going to get it done. I don't care if I don't have it for the, for the purposes of this podcast. Mark will know who it is. Mark can, will be able to attest to who I picked this week for one and done, but I'm yeah. really bullish on this guy. And don't All you right. da- don't you dare ask a question. I can All tell right. you want to ask. You're not allowed. So we're gonna recap it next week. We'll recap next week how this guy who didn't make the card did because I I don't want to mush him. I just don't okay. want to mush him. That's, That's what fair. I'm trying to stay away from. That's fair. The other guys that jumped out to me that are not on the card, um, but I think are interesting looks. Abraham answer this week. Very accurate driver. Low ball flight. Played well here last year. Another guy is Siwoo Kim. Not an accurate driver, but plays really well at Pete Dye courses. Maybe there's something there. And then a couple others, Russell Knox stands out this week. And so does Stuart Sink, even though he doesn't match a lot of my other accuracy and apex numbers. I just think he's an interesting play. 
Yeah. I, uh, I was looking at Billy Horschel this week. Yeah. And uh, Michael Thompson as well. Mm-hmm. Michael Thompson might make the card as a, a longer shot. He's 11th in the field in driving accuracy his last 16 rounds mm-hmm. and 17th in GIR percentage. So he's kind of got it going on right now. And uh, don't be surprised to see me add Michael Thompson when uh, you log in there, listeners, and and look at our picks. I've got a parlay I'm playing with the idea of put on the card. Doug Gim over Munoz, Poulter over Lowry. And this one I want to get your take on. I've got Connors over Casey right now. Those three matchups for the tournament plus 578. I like both those guys. I know. It's hard to pick who would win. That's the problem. All the DraftKings matchups this week are both sides. I'm like, I like both guys this week. I like Connors the most out of anybody in this field this week. So I I would would tend to side with your parlay there if you put it through. Yeah. Not on the sheet, but just something that I I looked at this morning and thought, oh, those are are some interesting numbers. Pays, Pays almost six to one if it intrigues you on your own to place. Mm-hmm. Um, but let me recap this quickly uh, in terms of bets that we've, that we've got locked in. So um, I'm running the Cameron Smith train full steam ahead, top 10 plus 275 for two units. And I'm taking Ian Poulter top 20 plus 225 for two units. Mark is on Corey Connors. He's really high on Corey this week. The old Canadian top 20 at plus 138 for two units. He's also on Paul Casey, the Englishman, top 20, plus 125 for two units. I think Paul Casey is your version of my Max Homa. I think I've, I think I just determined that. It might be. I love yeah. betting on Paul Casey. Who doesn't? Love it. Double breaker this week. I'm on Doug Gim, top 20, four to one for a unit. Mark is on Corey Connors to win. There he is again, 26 to one for half a unit. Brian Harmon, the lefty, 30 to one for half unit. And Matthew Neesmith, South Carolina native, top 20, four to one for a unit. That is the card this week for RBC Heritage. Mark, any words before we roll it in with the listeners this week? Let's get a win, please. We're going to be in the green this week, guys. We're going to be in the green. Let's go. Let's walk them in, baby. Everyone have a great week. Enjoy the RBC Heritage. We will see you next week here on the Walking In Podcast.